Hello, and welcome to the Preview Spotlight, a comic book page podcast. My name is John Mayer. In this episode, we'll be spotlighting items from the current month's previews catalog. This is Preview Spotlight number 185 for the April 2023 solicitations. In this episode, we'll be going over some of the items in the upcoming solicitations that you might find interesting. Now, comics are a pre-order business, so whether we like it or not, it behooves us to take a look at what's going to be offered a couple of months out and let our retailers know so they can order appropriately. Now, these episodes have an open submission policy, and I encourage you to send in clips to promote the comics you love as often as you can. Now, there are thousands of items solicited every month, and it's easy for things to get lost in the shuffle or just fly beneath your radar. We'll be starting with the DC Connect catalog, followed by the Marvel's Previews catalog, and then working our way through the Diamond Previews catalog. Obviously, we aren't going to go item by item, or page by page, or even publisher by publisher. We're just going to hit the highlights, and those highlights are picked by people like you. So with that, let's get going. My first pick is the pre-order catalogs of DC Connect, Marvel Previews, and Diamond Previews. I find these incredibly helpful to find out what's coming out a few months from now and kind of plan my order appropriately. Sometimes there's stuff that sounds good on paper, but I look at the art or something about the solicitation doesn't work for me, or there's something that I wouldn't have noticed unless, you know, the art had caught my eye or the solicitation looks pretty cool or something like that. Matter of fact, there have been a couple of times where I'll see something and realize I missed the first two issues or something like that and and go order them. So just flipping through these catalogs is kind of my monthly equivalent of the old Sears Toys catalog when I was a kid of, you know, finding out what cool things were out there to be had and then making sure I got them as, as best I could. So whether you get the printed catalogs or not, this information is available online at the various websites for the distributors and the publishers and such. Comics are a pre-order business. It makes sense to know what's coming out so you can let your retailer know so they can have it so you can get it. So once again, my first pick is the pre-order catalogs of DC Connect, Marvel Previews, and Diamond Previews. Hey, this is James here with my first pick in the DC Connect. And actually, it's going to be my only pick in the DC Connect. I only had one that I wanted to highlight this month. And it's on page three, and it's material that I have already read, and I'm assuming most people may have read, but just in case you missed it, it's the Penguin number zero. Now, I did not call out the Penguin number one on the left-hand side of the Connect. It's written by Tom King. I usually skip most of what he's done, so I don't think I'll be reading that. But over here, Penguin number zero, it was written by Chip Zdarsky, and the art was Belen Ortega. I hope I'm not I'm saying that name right. Bellin Ortega. This was the story that was in the backup story in Batman that Chip Zdarsky is writing. I don't think Chip has been doing been doing a very good job on Batman itself with the failsafe and everything and everything since then. But this backup story was actually pretty good. It was like a last will and testament of the penguin and what actually happened to him. So if you were not reading in Batman, yeah, the, and spoiler alert, because the Penguin number one solicit says it, but he's back from the dead. I guess he had died, and there was a squabble with family members, and Catwoman was 
basically like handling the estate. <laughs> she was the executor. So it was just a really weird story, but it actually was pretty fun. It was it was better than the main comic. So if you have not read it, I would recommend you picking this up. It's $3.99, 32 pages, but I read it and back up some little clips, and I still remember it's a really good story. And on to my next pick. My first pick is on page six of the DC Connect catalog, and it is Nightwing 105. This is by Tom Taylor with art and cover by Bruno Redondo. Good to see him back on the book. This is a gimmick issue. Basically, it's a first-person view of Nightwing's adventure for the day or something. And I wish they'd stop doing gimmick issues. I mean, they do them well, don't get me wrong, but I'm happy with just some straight-up great action-adventure Nightwing stories that we've been getting for quite some time. So either way, this is a title worth checking out. When they do these gimmick issues, they do pull them off well. I thought the kind of single panel issue was brilliantly done, even though, yes, it was very clearly a gimmick. Either way, enjoying the title could be better, but still liking it. And I think Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo are a great team. So once again, that's Nightwing 105 on page six of the DC Connect catalog. Hi, I'm Billy Hogan, host of the Superman Fan Podcast, and I go by Superman Fan on the forums. I hope you can pardon my voice tonight because I've got a little cold. But my first DC pick is on page 8 with Superman number 5, written by Joshua Williamson, with art and cover by Jamal Campbell, which is the one I'll be getting, variant covers by John Cassidy and Jorge Fornes, a 1 in 25 variant cover by Hayden Sherman, a 1 in 50 variant cover by Mikael Janine, and a DC Pride variant cover by W. Scott Forbes. If I were to pick one of these other variant covers, it probably would be the John Cassidy cover, because he was the artist of my all-time favorite comic book series, Planetary. The cover price of the regular edition is $4.99 for 32 pages, and the cardstock variant covers are $5.99, and this issue goes on sale on June 20th. Silver Banshee is back and more dangerous than ever. Given a massive power upgrade by Lex Luthor's archenemies, Silver Banshee's scream rocks Metropolis, and Superman must stop her from destroying his city while also saving her life. Be ready for the shock ending that stabs this series in its heart. Uh, remember Silver Banshee's introduction early in John Byrne's run on Superman, so I'm looking forward to seeing her return in the current Superman series. My next DC pick is on the very next page, number 9, with Action Comics number 1056, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, Dan Jurgens, and Dorado Quick, artists by Rafa Sandoval, Lee Weeks, and Yasmin Flores Montañez. The main cover is by Steve Beach, and that's the one I'll be getting. Variant covers are done by Rafa Sandoval and David Talaski. A 1 in 25 variant cover by Juanjo Lopez, and I hope I pronounced that name correctly. A 1 in 50 foil variant cover by Steve Beach. A swimsuit variant cover by Otto Schmidt. And the Flash Movie variant cover by M.L. Sanapo. The cover price for the regular edition is $4.99 for 48 pages. 
and the variant cardstock covers are $5.99, and this issue is scheduled to go on sale June 27th. A shocking new character makes their debut as the thrill-packed Speeding Bullets concludes. Superman and Metallo must reluctantly join forces to stop the cyborg Superman. With Tracy Corbin's life, or at least her humanity, hanging in the balance, the Super Family fights to keep Metropolis standing. Meanwhile, Lois and the staff of the Daily Planet set out to uncover the mysterious leader and shocking origin of Blue Earth. This illicit is an example of what I'm enjoying about the current run of Superman stories. It takes familiar characters and villains and put them in unique and original situations like Superman and Metallo having to work together to defeat a common foe. And it keeps me coming back every month for new Superman stories. Billy Hogan again. My next DC pick is on page 11 with Adventures of Superman, John Kent, number four of a six-issue miniseries, written by Tom Taylor, art and cover by Clayton Henry, and this is the cover I'll be getting, variant covers by Zoo Orzu and Al Barianuevo, a 1 in 25 variant cover by Tyler Kirkham, a 1 in 50 foil variant cover by Clayton Henry, and a DC Pride variant cover by Stephen Byrne. The cover price of the regular edition is $3.99 for 32 pages, and the cardstock variant covers are $4.99, and this issue is scheduled to go on sale on June 6th. The faces are familiar, but the situation is a nightmare. John Kent finds himself on an earth where his friends and loved ones are at war a place where his personal heroes fight each other for control of the world. What will he do when he discovers that this world's version of his father, Clark Kent, is on the verge of becoming a dictator? What I'm looking forward to seeing in this issue is how John Kent reacts to the idea of what his father represents is turned on its head and his father is a villain instead of a hero. This is Nick with a pick from the DC Connect catalog. It's on page 14. I'm looking at Shazam number two, written by Mark Wade, art by Dan Mora. So great creative team. On sale for $3.99 in June. Hard to believe we're already looking at uh, summer books here. All right, the solicitation says Shazam versus S-H-A-Z-A-M. Billy Batson was given the powers of the gods by the wizard Shazam but Solomon, Hercules, Atlas, Zeus, Achilles, and Mercury never gave the wizard their permission. Displeased with how Billy is representing them, the disgruntled gods engage in a six-way fight for sole control of the world's mightiest mortal. Or, if they get their way, the world's mightiest puppet. May the craftiest god win. This is Nick with a pick from the DC Connect catalog. This time, page 15, it's Green Lantern number two, written by Jeremy Adams with art by Zermonico. This will be $4.99 for 40 pages on sale in June. And that's because this is kind of done with the uh, main story, backup story type approach. Solicitation says, Hal Jordan's homecoming is off to a rocky start. Carol Ferris is this close to firing him from the job he's only just begged his way into. 
His power ring isn't exactly working right, and off in the shadows, Sinestro, the architect of Hal's current crisis, is waiting for the perfect moment to strike. Plus, the hard-hitting John Stewart War Journal backup series for writer Philip Kennedy Johnson and artist Mantos heats up as the Guardian John Stewart and his team, the Watchtower, fall under siege from a mysterious new threat. So sounds like a a good start to a, um, a story, especially we haven't had a Green Lantern comic in a little bit. So it does sound like they're gearing this towards new readers or reorienting old readers to kind of what the new status quo is. Billy Hogan again. My next DC pick is on page 43 with Batman, The Adventures Continue Season 3, number 6 of an 8-issue miniseries. Written by Alan Burnett and Paul Denny. Art by Ty Templeton. And the main cover is by Even Doc Shainer, which is the one I'll be getting. A variant cover is by Tom Riley. Uh, and a villain variant cover by Willem March. And a 1 in 25 variant cover by Hayden Sherman. The cover price of the regular edition is $3.99 for 32 pages. And the variant covers are $4.99. And this issue is scheduled to go on sale. June 13th. Crime is at an all-time low in Gotham City with all the major supervillains behind bars. With the city finally quiet, Batman's mission might finally be at an end. But when Ra's al Ghul and his daughter Talia show up with a proposition, Bruce is forced to determine what the future of Batman will be. Any Batman story with Ra's al Ghul and Talia in it is going to be a good one, so I'm looking forward to this issue. This is Nick with another pick from the DC Connect catalog, this time page 43. I'm looking at Batman Superman World's Finest number 16. This continues to be a good series brought to us by uh, writer Mark Wade and artist Dan Mora. This is $3.99 on sale June 20th, and uh, Billy, I believe, is recording on this one also. So what I just wanted to highlight with this was the fact that it's naming, again, I just love when especially Mark Wade brings in some of these more obscure or forgotten characters that don't always pop up in routine Batman or Superman comics. And here, the mention of Shaggy Man, G.I. Robot, Red Tornado, and Chemo uh, jumps out to me. So I'm impressed by, you know, kind of the way these two tell a story, and I'm interested to see what they have going forward. This is Nick with a pick from the DC Connect catalog, this time page 44. It's Justice Society of America, number seven, written by Jeff Johns with art by Mikkel Janine. And uh, this is a $3.99. Now it says on sale June 27th, but I believe we've already started to run into some Jeff Johns writing slowdown issues with this series, so I don't know. I'm enjoying the series well enough, though, as it is so far, so I'm recommending it here this month based on the solicitation that says reunions are cut short when the JSA and the Lost Children to face down a new threat. Can this group of heroes and sidekicks find their rhythm, or will it be curtains for both? What happens here has massive ramifications for the next stage of the new Golden Age. So they seem to be implying here that we've got kind of a, you know, branching off of stories or kind of a further development of what the concept will be going forward. And I'm looking forward to it. 
Billy Hogan again. My final DC pick is on page 45 with Batman Superman, World's Finest, number 16. Written by Mark Wade. Art and cover by Dan Mora, and this is the cover I'll be getting. Variant cover by Lee Bermejo. A 1 in 25 variant cover by Ben Oliver. A 1 in 50 variant cover by Kare Andrews. A swimsuit variant cover by Babs Tarr. And the Flash Movie variant cover by Doug Brethwaite. The regular edition is $3.99 for 32 pages, and the cardstock variant covers are $4.99, and this issue is scheduled to go on sale on June 20th. Batman and Superman vs. Machines AI Villains and Heroes Shaggy Man, G.I. Robot, Red Tornado, and Chemo, among them, have launched a global cyber attack alongside New Mezos, Soldiers. Batman, Superman, Robin, and Metamorpho, the Elephant Man, are unprepared for the onslaught. With millions of lives on the line, the world's finest team must find a way to pull the plug before it's too late. I've enjoyed each issue of this series, especially with Metamorpho, one of my favorite of DC's minor heroes from the 1960s, joining the world's finest team. Hey, this is James, and I am here in the Marvel previews, and the first thing that caught my eye, lo and behold, it was the first book solicited. We've been talking about it already on the Slack channel. Some people were like put off with the price, and I understand, but I am excited for this material. Charge me whatever you want because I'm on board. <laughs> this is Ultimate Invasion number one of four, written by the one and only Jonathan Hickman. Art on this is by Brian Hitch, so it's going to have terrific art. And the covers look terrific in here. I guess, is that one big cover, I think? I'm looking at it right now. I think so. I don't, I don't, yeah, it's definitely one big cover, so it looks awesome. And it says, the transformation of the Marvel Universe begins. For those of you who did not read the news on the Slack channel about the Ultimate Universe coming back, this is called Ultimate Invasion. It says, Superstar creators Jonathan Hickman and Brian Hitch team up. The Illuminati must form once again to stop the Maker. The Maker was kind of like the evil version of Mr. Fantastic over in the Ultimate Universe. From his plan to destroy or perhaps rebuild the universe. With Miles Morales at the center of it all. Kind of like Miles and the Maker were like the only two vestiges that held over from when they imploded the Ultimate Universe. Brian's work on the Ultimates helped refine superhero comics for the 2000s. Wait until you see what he and Jonathan have in store for this decade, including new data pages by Jonathan Hickman. Some people will like this. I think John referred to them as Hickmanisms. Plus exclusive behind-the-scenes material on the world-building that has gone on into this project. It's 56 pages. It is $8.99, 9 bucks. If you order this from Deep Discount Comics, Eric on the Slack channel, You'll probably be picking up for $4.50. Makes it a little bit more palatable for the 56 pages. But this is going to be a big one. I used to like the Ultimate Universe. I know a lot of people did. Miles Morales, the Ultimate Universe. Just a lot of the stuff. That's where Bendis kind of came into his own. Hickman did a lot of great stuff over there. Just fantastic creators and where there's real repercussions. So if they can bring back the Ultimate Universe right now, when everything seems a little bit, I hate to say it, but it seems like, especially at DC and also a little bit at Marvel, there's some books that a lot of people don't care for at the moment. We don't like the creative output. 
well, what if we hone this and we put some really good creators on the Ultimate Universe and maybe some good creators in the regular 616, and instead of having 80 titles in the 616, maybe we have 10 over here and 40 over there, and maybe it's just focused on the better characters that people like with hopefully better creative teams. I don't know, but I'm excited. I'm a Hickman fan. Anytime Hickman writes something, I'm on board. I have yet to read something that he's written that I really don't like. Sometimes it's a slow burn. It comes to a boil over time, and that can be off-putting at times, but he nails the stories. He builds worlds, and so I am completely on board for this. I'm excited. On to my next pick. Hey, this is James back with my next pick in the Marvel previews, and this one's over on page six, and it's Incredible Hulk number one, and this needed to be done. <laughs> I don't know what happened with Donny Cates. He still has some Vanish books kind of trickling out over Image, but there, there's been rumors that he, uh, he's not doing very well right now, but he, he's kind of dropped off all of his books. But Donny Cates was, had a run of the Hulk going. I didn't like the setup. That was the one book that Cates has taken over that I didn't care for. Just the splitting of the Hulk into these three separate personalities and separate entities and, you know, at war with each other and one controlling the other one. But around midway through Cates' run, you started having these co-writers and you could tell Donnie wasn't really writing. It was more Donnie was on the book because he came up with the, the concept. And then near the end, you had Ryan Otley, who was the artist, who was also the writer. And Ryan Otley is not and has never written, and it was not good. It almost, I almost dropped the Hulk, and I didn't know it was coming to an end, and thank goodness it did. <laughs> now we get Incredible Hulk number one by Philip Kennedy Johnson, who can be a good writer, and Nick Klein, artist. And it says, the age of monsters has begun. Cool with me. As an enraged Hulk tries to take control of Bruce Banner's body permanently, a mysterious immortal turns every monster in the Marvel Universe against Banner in an attempt to free their creator, the primordial mother of horrors. With the help of an unlikely new friend, Banner and Hulk must try to stop the world from getting plunged into darkness in this terrifying new series. I am on board for this. When Hulk is good, it is one of my favorite books. So give me a good Hulk. And I think Philip uh, Kennedy Johnson could probably do a good job with this. On to my next pick. Hey, this is James with another pick, and this one's going to be a weird pick, because this is a character that I normally hate. <laughs> okay, here in the Marvel's preview, I'm on page 22, and it's Deadpool Batter Blood, number one of five, so it's a miniseries. And the reason why I'm calling this out is not because I'm a Deadpool fan, because typically I am not. I'm a Rob Liefeld fan. I've been listening to his podcast, Observations. I've become a big fan of his. Just some unique takes and behind-the-scenes how the sausage is made type stuff. So it's kind of cool. He's, and he taps into that nostalgia thing from like the 80s. And sometimes he goes into the 70s, 80s, 90s, you know, stuff like that. But Rob Liefeld and Chad Bowers are the co-writers on this. And Rob Liefeld is also doing the art on this. So I definitely want to give him a shout out because I looked at the interior art. Some people hate Rob Liefeld, but here he is doing some art. It's kind of funny. Maybe just to not let people pick on them. The interior pages they pick do not have any feet, but there are feet on the on the opposing page, and they are Rob Liefeld feet, so that's just kind of funny. Once you, once you see that, you can't unsee it. It looks like they're going to have Shatterstorm in here, which was another, you know, anyways, it, 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 Cable, Shatterstorm. They're going to bring in the X-Force characters. 
So it's kind of like Rob Liefeld visiting his old creations at Marvel, and I think it'll be a good time. I, I may actually pick this up because, uh, like I said, Rob has enough energy and enthusiasm behind what he does that I know he'll put his energy into this, and he has a love for the character. And even though I don't, I'll try and read it and get through it and see how it sits for me with him at the helm. On to my next pick. Billy Hogan again. My first Marvel picks are on page 24 with Amazing Spider-Man facsimile editions of issues 121 and 122, written by Jerry Conway. The artist by Gil Kane, and the covers were drawn by John Romita Sr. They are rated T14, and the facsimile edition of issue 121 is scheduled to be in shops on June 14th, and the facsimile edition of issue 122 is scheduled to be published on June 28th, and the cover price for both issues is $3.99 each. The solicit for issue 121 reads, the night Gwen Stacy died, in 1973, Spider-Man fans a world over were shocked by a story that had previously been unthinkable. To strike at the heart of Peter Parker, the Green Goblin kidnaps the woman he loves, Gwen Stacy, and Spider-Man faces a race against time as he swings to the rescue. Readers were used to Spidey saving the day, and as the Goblin sends Gwen plummeting from a bridge, our hero believes he has done it again, firing out a web line that breaks her fall. But when Peter holds Gwen in his arms, the heartbreaking truth is revealed, and comic books are changed forever. It's a masterpiece of storytelling from Jerry Conway and Gil Kane, and one of the all-time great Marvel comic books, boldly represented in its original form, ads and all. The solicit for issue 122 reads, the Goblin's Last Stand Devastated by the tragic death of Gwen Stacy, a fighting mad Spider-Man swears deadly revenge on his greatest enemy, Norman Osborn, the Green Goblin. What follows is an action-packed showdown between two of the greatest adversaries in all of fiction. As a volatile Peter Parker tracks his hated foe to one of Osborn's warehouses, the stage is set for an unforgettable battle. Will Spider-Man give in to his rage and take the life of the man who killed the woman he loves? Or even at his most grief-stricken, can he hold himself back from becoming a murderer? And whatever Peter's choice, what difference will it make to the Green Goblin's fate? It's one of the all-time great Marvel comic books, boldly represented in its original form, ads and all. I've read the story of the death of Gwen Stacy in previous reprints, but this story isn't part of my comic book collection, so I'm not going to miss a chance to read it. But I don't know if I've ever read issue 122, so I'm looking forward to reading this story. My next pick is also on page 24 of the Marvel previews, and it is also Amazing Spider-Man number 121 and number 122 facsimile editions. Now, in addition to... Everything you've already heard about this from Billy, I want to point out that Sam and I did a back issue spotlight on these two issues a little over a year ago. It was back issue spotlight number 112 from January 17th, 2022, covering the death of Gwen Stacy. So if you're curious about those issues, trying to make your, up your mind if you want to get them or not, maybe you want to check out the back issue spotlight, or 
maybe you want to get the two facsimile editions and then go listen to the back issue spotlight on it. It's a pivotal story for Spider-Man, definitely worth checking out. So once again, that's Amazing Spider-Man number 121 and 122 facsimile editions on page 24 of the Marvel previews. Hi, this is Jason with a pick from the Marvel previews catalog. It's on page 40. It's Sons of Origins of Marvel Comics, Marvel Tales number one. So this basically reprints the first appearances of the Incredible Hulk, the first appearance of Thor, the first appearance of Iron Man, as well as Doctor Strange and Daredevil. 104 pages for only $7.99. I think all of these, whether it's a reprinting a classic arc or somebody's origin stories, when they do it like this Marvel Tales, they'll print a bunch of pages, essentially very cost-effective. Whereas all of these original issues, if you're trying to get those, they're either very expensive or you need to get like an epic collection or a complete collection. Several of these have been facsimile editions, but I just like the idea of all of it being in one place so that you can kind of see the development of the Marvel Universe and how these characters' first stories were and how much they have changed from them. So I highly recommend that if you like early Marvel comics, you know, like Silver Age, kind of when birth of the Marvel Universe was happening by way of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko and company. Billy Hogan again. My final Marvel pick is on page 59 with Fantastic Four number 8, written by Ryan North, art by Ivan Fiorelli. The main cover is by Alex Ross, and that's always the one I get. The alternate covers are by George Perez, Scott Koblish, who does a wraparound 700 character cover, and a final variant cover by Leonardo Romero. The Fantastic Four are finally settling into their new normal, but something very abnormal is happening outside their farmhouse. Sue and Alicia get to spend some quality time together in town, but when they return, everything is not how they left it. In a very different Fantastic Four are left in their place. It's Sue and Alicia versus the world and the start of a special two-part story. Rated T+, and is scheduled to be in shops on June 7th for the cover price of $3.99. This new Fantastic Four series is doing a, a lot of unusual things to the FF, and I'm looking forward to reading every issue. Hey, this is James back with a pick from the main previous catalog. And here in the image section, I'm on page 48, where we get a new number one called Void Rivals. The writer, the story is Robert Kirkman, and the artist is Lorenzo de Felici and Mateus, Mateus or Mateus Lopez. Robert Kirkman's back with a new pick or a new, a, a new book, Action and Adventure Science Fiction. The art is what you would expect. I, I, I hate saying this, but kind of like what you'd expect with a Robert Kirkman book. The art tends to be a little bit rougher. And I think that's because Robert doesn't do those two-month hiatuses all the time. When he writes a book, he writes it and tries to finish it up. I'm not going to say he's always successful, but he tries to write the book, which is good versus like leaving it and then coming back and trying to remember, oh, yeah, what, what, what happened three months ago when I was last writing this? But now let me read you this list on this. I'm going to definitely give it a shot. But Kirkman, the last couple have not hit for me. So if he doesn't do well, I, I will drop it. But I'll probably give him a, a, an arc. It says, The Blockbuster, Oblivion Song team of Robert Kirkman and Lorenzo de Felici. 
debut the biggest new comic book series of 2023. Eh, debatable, we'll see. Uh, with the launch of an all-new shared universe. Shared universe and a surprise you won't see coming. War rages around the Sacred Ring where the last remnants of two worlds have collapsed around a black hole in a never-ending war. However, when pilot Derek and his rival Solila both crash on a desolate planet, these two enemies must find a way to escape together. But are they alone on this strange planet? And what dark forces the weight that threaten the entire universe? It says the most anticipated new series of the year kicks off here for fans of Saga and Star Wars. Well, I'm a fan of Star Wars. Saga, not anymore. At the beginning of Saga, yeah, I was a fan. Now I'm a not fan. But it's saying the most anticipated new series of the year kicks off here. Uh, debatable. I didn't even know the series was coming out. So I can't say it was the most anticipated with me. <laughs> but I'm definitely going to pick it up and on to my next pick. Billy Hogan again. My only Image Comics pick is on page 83 with Hey Kids Comics, Volume 3, Schlock of the Noon, number 3 of a six-issue miniseries. The writer and artist is Howard Chaikin, and the cover artist is Don Cameron. Threatened by ginned-up moral outrage, the money-minting luster of a decade ago long gone, four-color micro-moguls shoot themselves in the foot to hold up what's left. Meanwhile, fandom takes hold hard in a generation of young enthusiasts, but with so much of what they love gone with the wind, what's left for them? This issue is scheduled to be in shops on June 7th for the cover price of three ninety nine. In all three volumes of this series, Howard Chaikin has succeeded in giving us a behind-the-scenes look at what really was going on in the history of the comic book industry through the eyes of these fictionalized characters who represent some of the old-timers that Howard Chaikin got to know and learned their stories uh, in his early years in the industry. And I'm glad he's sharing them with us. Hey, this is James back with another pick. And this time I'm in the boom section of the previews catalog. I'm on page 108 where we have a new book called Wild's End. It's number one of six, so it's a limited series. And it is written by Dan Abnett, illustrated by I.N.J. Colbard. That's literally I period, N period, J period, Colbard. So I guess he has four names or she has four names. I have no clue. And uh, I'll have to read you what this is. There's a big picture in here. The art looks decent. It looks like it may be anthropomorphic. So, because you see some animal looking characters standing up here. But it says the critically acclaimed anthropomorphic, yes, there it is, Alien Invasion Saga returns with a brand new story and cast. So I did not know this was a returning series. I read the main thing, main preview, and I didn't read the little dialogue box where they did the hype thing. So hopefully they can get me caught up. But it says journey to an alien-occupied interwar England, courtesy of the award-winning creative team of Dan Abnett from Warhammer 40K and Mortal Red Sonia, and ING Colbert from Sala. Salamandre Tales from the Umbrella Academy. Salamandre Tales from the Umbrella. I don't know who. Well, anyways. All right, I'm butchering that. With Nick Abnett providing additional material. Out at sea during the invasion, our intimate crew of unlucky voyagers returns to a world they once knew, their once cozy seaside home now occupied by alien invaders. 
combining a rich cast of anthropomorphic characters and the tradition of black, sad, and aliens unlike you've ever seen in the spirit of War of the Worlds meets Wind of the in the Willows, Wild's End is a world like any other, one you won't want to leave. So I'm going to see if, it, if it's able to hook me with me not having read previous series. I thought this was completely new. Like I said, I didn't read the, like, the little hype box they put in there. I read the main preview when I was picking this. But I guess it says critically acclaimed anthropomorphic alien invasion returns. So I guess it came out before. I'll check it out. There's no way, it, there's no solicit for like a trade of the previous material. One warning I would give you is it's five bucks for 32 pages. You'll get a discount through Deep Discount Comics. But if price is an issue, that's a little bit on the pricey side. On to my next pick. Hey, this is James here with another pick. And this time, I guess I'm in this. Yeah, I'm in the front half of previews. I forgot Titan is now a premier publisher, which is kind of funny. The other premier publisher that got promoted to being a premier publisher was Aftershock, who went bankrupt, which is just kind of hilarious. Nothing premier about that. But on page 206, I am looking at a new Gun Honey series. It's called Heat Seeker, a Gun Honey series, number one of four. So it's only four issues. There's some different covers on here that look very nice. One of them is racy with stuff blacked out. So if you want the the racy nude cover, it is available. (laughs) Gun Honey, John and I have done some back issue spotlights on it. The first series was fantastic. The second series was good, but not nearly as good as the first. And this one, it looks like it's going to be focused on a different character. There's writing all over the solicits on these things, so it's so annoying. What part do you read? But it says... Charlie Ardai's Gun Honey spins off into a new sexy thriller miniseries featuring new series artist Ace Continuado. Ace Continuado, I like that. By the way, written by Charles Ardai. Gun Honey Joanna Tan features in issue number one. Marked for death by a U.S. intelligence agency, Gun Honey Joanna Tan turns to Dahlia Racers to help her pull a vanishing act. But the killer hot on her trail... Beautiful sociopath Sarah Claride will leave bodies strewn from the New York to Las Vegas to Tijuana, Mexico, if it means cornering Dahlia and breaking her. So if you like the Gun and Honey series, you heard John and I do the back issue spotlight on it. You might want to pick this up one up because I'm not going to promise, but you know we could be doing a back issue spotlight on this because it's a series that we kind of been going to. Now, one other thing, this has nothing to do with the solicit. On the back cover of the previous catalog, there's a big thing about Conan, and it's by Titan Comics. It's like Conan number one. Here it is. This is like a pre a preview of the previews for like next month that Conan's going to be coming out. So it was very deceptive. They put it on here, but it's not being solicited in here because I kept flipping through Titan. I'm like, where is it? I don't see it. I don't see it. But anyways, on to my next pick. It's Chris Brawley, a.k.a. The Brawlinator, and man, I'm glad to be back with my friends on the preview spotlight for John Mayo's Comic Book Page podcast. It's been a minute. I want to just dive right into my first pick. It's on page 208 in the Titan Comics section. This is one of four similar titles that they have. They all have a similar theme going. I'm only going to do five picks this month, and four of them have a similar theme. Maybe you can guess what it is. Uh, The first one is, again, on page 208 in Titan. It's Love Kills by Danilo Bayruth. It's just beautiful. You may know that name. Uh, He's a Brazilian artist. He's worked for Marvel, Image, 
He's currently doing some work with Dan DiDio over at Frank Miller Presents on a title called Ancient Enemies, which is a prestige superhero sci-fi series that came out in November. This graphic novel, he drew it and he wrote it. It's called Love Kills. It's about the supernatural world of vampires. Uh, there's a couple of great looking black and white preview pages here. The book is black and white, by the way. It's um, $24.99. It is a hardcover, and that's 10 cents a page. 248 pages, and it really looks slick. These two preview pages, take a look. Femme fatale protagonist, Talina, sitting alone at a bar as people casually go around doing their business at the bar. She's looking dangerous, but what's more dangerous is this shot of what I'm guessing is a male vampire in a medical facility underneath. It looks good. Let me read the uh, solicit real quick. A lone female vampire, Helena, stumbles into an alliance with Marcus, an unwitting human, when she's attacked by a rival coven on the streets of Sao Paulo. But when what seems at first to be a simple fight over hunting territory quickly turns into a lethal game of cat and mouse, Helena is forced to confront a shocking past betrayal and battle for her very existence. It looks really cool. It's got a bit of a Tim Seeley vibe going on. Really also a bit of a Darwin Cook feel uh, to it. I think you'll like it. It's Love Kills, page 208 in the Titan Comics section of this month's previews for April 2023. Brawlinator again. My next pick is also in Titan. It's over on page 210. This is still part of that same theme of a similarity, a similar uh, theme going throughout four of the five picks I've got this month. This one is Noir Burlesque, also very beautiful. It looks black and white, but it's color, full color. Uh, mostly what we're seeing color-wise in these couple of preview pages is red, but it also looks like a nice black and white wash. Uh, this is um, one of those violent crime capers set in the 50s. It was originally published last year in French, but I'm sure this is uh, something brand new to our English-speaking listeners. It's by Enrico Marini. He does the art and the story, and it's just a hard case crime graphic novel. And you might know Marini from uh, Batman, Gypsy, Raptor, Star of the Desert, but this looks like femme fatales and double crosses. Here's what the uh, solicit says. A heist gone wrong forces Slick to do a job for his employer, Rex, to repay the daddy-o's. But Slick is in love with Caprice, Rex's ex-call girl, wife-turned-burlesque legend, and Rex also has the only way for Slick to avenge his murdered father. Now, this is 228 pages. It's also a hardcover. It's only $29.99. Again, it's noir burlesque. It's in Titan, page 210 of the Titan comic section. Check that out. Brawlinator again. This book does not fit the same theme as the others. Uh, it is on page 212. It is Underground, Cursed Rockers and High Priestesses of Sound. This is probably exclusively for your music connoisseurs, your um, underground music aficionados. Uh, it's basically an exhaustive look at influential music legends, uh, including The Cramps, Daniel Johnston, Patti Smith, uh, a lot of underground artists you're going to recognize here if you are have ever been into the sort of the punk scene or the underground music scene. It's basically an illustrated Bible of the uh, scene. It's an anthology with 50 biographies from little known maestros and creators of unheard masterpieces to people that you may have heard. Uh, even if you're not into the indie music scene. It looks cool. Check it out for yourself. It may or may not be for you, but it is on page 212. And if you've been following along in the Titan comic section, it's just one page over. 
Underground Cursed Rockers and High Priestesses of Sound, found on page 212 of the Titan Comics section. Billy Hogan again. My final pick this month is in the back half of previews on page 245. From Abstract Studios, it's Parker Girls number 8. The writer, cover, and story artist is Terry Moore. The Parker Girls go to war against billionaire Zachary May, who holds Kachu hostage in a dangerous game of global chess. While Tanby and her team attempt to locate Kachu, May sells the world on his plan to use his satellite network to solve global warming. But Tanby knows those satellites will also be May's ultimate weapon. Can the Parker Girls stop a man who seems unstoppable? Scheduled be in shops on June 14th for the cover price of $3.99. In his recent series, Terry Moore has been doing 10-issue miniseries, but it's not clear if this is going to continue and end in issue 10 or if it's going to be longer. But regardless, Terry Moore is an excellent comic book storyteller. And I always look forward to any issue that he publishes every month. Thank you for bearing with me as I share my picks with my rough voice. And I want to thank you, John, for providing this forum so that we can all share our enthusiasm for the comic book medium. I also look forward to listening to everyone else's picks this month. And let's not forget to take care of each other out there. This is Jason with a pick on page 255 of the previews catalog from American Mythology. It's The Right Project, R-I-G-H-T, by writer Tom DeFalco and artists Ron Friends, Sal Buscema, and Ron Lim, and Robert Jones. So definitely recognize a few of those names. So it kind of reminds me of kind of what they're doing with uh, Silver Surfer and Adam Warlock and even the current Hulk run where they're they're kind of doing and in Venom Lethal Protector, where they're doing a story set in the 90s, essentially, but it's, it's, you know, but it's written today, of course. So kind of a throwback a little bit. It says, this comic has three complete stories. At last, a superhero for anyone who sincerely loves superheroes. A teenage video gamer joins a digital daredevil for truth, justice, and a universe of hoo-ha, action, and angst. While working on the right project, and attempt to develop a new technology that allows computer constructs to assume physical mass, Dr. Dex Click stumbles upon the new champ of split-second adventure. But Mr. Wright is a little more than a soulless animatronic until he bonds with Jeffrey, quote, Player One Lopez. Since Jeffrey is a true believer, he helps transform a heartless avatar into a compassionate and relentless hero, the true hero who lives within us all. A comic book in the mode of DeFalco and Friends' Spider-Girl, Spider-Man, Thor, Thunderstrike, and A-Next. So I wanted to point that out to you guys. Uh, American Mythology is not a... I haven't really gotten a lot of things from them over the years, but I always try to look for these little gems here and there. So I wanted to recommend that to everybody. Hey, this is James back with another pick. And this time I'm on in the back half of the previous catalog on page 274 where we have Sins of the Salton Sea, number one of five from AWA, writer Ed Brisson, illustrated by C.P. Smith. This one, it says it's crime, noir, and supernatural horror collide in this gritty heist-gone-wrong thriller by Ed Brisson. So anyways, if you're into heist, crime, noir, 
supernatural horror, this might be up your alley. I'm going to have to read you the solicit since I know nothing about this. Brisson is a writer that can be good. He's not always good. So he's a 50-50 guy. So buyer beware. But I'm going to give it a try because I am an AWA fan. I, I like a lot of their stuff that comes out. It says, Wyatt, a professional thief living off the grid, is recruited by his brother for one last job. Their target, an armored car traveling down a desolate stretch of the California highway. But when it turns out that the target is carrying not gold bars, but human cargo, Wyatt is plunged into a conflict between warring factions of a doomsday cult. The cult claims that it is their solemn duty to save the world by any means necessary, or any means of human sacrifice. Sorry. Will Wyatt protect the boy who has come into his charge, or will he be swayed by the cult's increasingly convincing claims that the end of the world is fast approaching? So they have some people. They're going to sacrifice them. Does he save the people, or does he go along with the cult? I would hope you never go along with a cult. Cults are never right. They're always in the wrong. So anytime you're in a cult, yeah, you're, you're going to go down a path that everyone's going to think you're Looney Tunes because you, you are. So don't ever side with the cult. I'm just going to state that right now. <laughs> so I, I'm going to get this. The interior art looks very good. There's a, like a little tiny section showing the interior page. I'm on board for this. Sounds like something that could be fun. On to my next pick. This is Nick with a pick from the main previews catalog, this time from page 292. This is in the CEX Publishing, and it's one of previews catalog's featured items this month. It's Mother Russia, number one of three, listed as being at 28 pages, black and white, for $4.99. And I had read, oh, I don't even remember the name of the publisher that was doing the newsprint ones. Oh, Alterna Publishing was doing this for a while, and uh, this was one of their one-shot issues that had come out from them, but it appears here that there's a continuation of the story. So I really liked that single issue. It was about a a woman sniper or something like that who rescues a child from zombies, and uh, all the writing and art here is by Jeff McComsey, and solicitation for this one says, One baby, one rifle, two million zombies. As a zombie apocalypse breaks out in World War II, a Soviet sniper risks her life to protect an innocent baby boy. From Jeff McComsey, the creator behind hit Mother Russia Winter Special, and introducing rising star guest cover artist Eugis Berzines. Don't miss this retailer. Oh, just advertising covers. Anyway, so I'm not 100% certain if this is continuation, retelling, what have you, but it is promising to be a three-issue miniseries here. So check it out if um, Black and White Zombie historical fiction is your thing. Brawlinator again. I'm back uh, now in the collected editions or trade paperbacks, etc. of Dark Horse. It's kind of weird seeing Dark Horse back here in the back half of previews, but that's business, right? I'm now on page 298. Right there in the middle is this Richard Corbin, volume one of Den. 
Uh, now, Andy Tom actually is the one that uh, turned me on to this. Andy um, sent me a text uh, a couple of weeks ago and uh, after he saw it uh, being solicited. And if you, if you are a fan of the original heavy metal magazine or the heavy metal movie, this beautiful series ran in heavy metal magazine for many, many months and was adapted into the animated film from the 80s. I think you really ought to take a look at this. This is long out of print. It's definitely a master piece by fantasy legend Richard Corbin. This one has been restored. There's bonus material. There's new lettering. This is a gorgeous hardcover with a dust jacket. It's only $34.99. It's 128 pages. This is about the musical adventurer Din, who's in a bizarre fantasy world called Neverwhere. And he goes on an exotic adventure through ancient ruins, meeting an evil queen, her sacrificial doppelganger, bizarre lizard men, giant insects, and more strange and dangerous madness in a legendary saga brimming with horror, magic, and violence. This is strictly for the art. It's beautiful. Anybody out there who knows Richard Corbin, uh, who probably illustrated one of the best uh, werewolves in comicdom history. Uh, but this is for mature readers, I should say. Uh, again, it's Den, Volume 1, the hardcover from Dark Horse on page 299 in this month's previews. And it also fits in with my theme. And so does my next pick. My next pick is on page 319 of the Diamond Previews, and it is the Overstreet Comic Book Price Guide, Volume 53, specifically the Avengers Softcover Edition. They've got a Death Dealer one, so some people might be into that. They also have a hardcover edition that's a bit more expensive, $10 more expensive. They also have the Big Big Overstreet Comic Book Price Guide, Volume 53 Softcover, which is just a much larger print version of it. Now, what's interesting with the larger print version, which is a 12 by 12 aspect ratio, so I guess a one foot by one foot, is that's 800 pages, whereas the regular softcover and hardcover editions are 1,120 pages. So they've definitely reformatted it for the other size, which is a little interesting. I would have just printed it bigger. Anyways, I get the comic book price guide every year. I've been doing that since about volume 13, I think. And it's a good reference for what issues were published, how much they're worth if you're into that, and also just what's going on from year to year in the comic industry and such. So definitely great reference book. I think it's worth getting, maybe not for everybody every year, but certainly if you've never checked it out, it'd be worth going to either a comic store, bookstore, or your local library even, flipping through a copy from recent years and just seeing what there is to find out if it's something that's useful for you or not. So once again, that's the Overstreet Comic Book Price Guide, Volume 53, on page 319 of the Previews Catalog. Hey, this is James with another pick in the back half of the Previews Catalog, and this time I'm on page 331 in the Humanoids section, where we get something kind of interesting because it's all ages, and I normally don't call out all ages books, but this one actually looks pretty good, and it looks like it might be all ages versus kids. Typically, when you see all ages, I'm like, I rip out the solicit and throw it in the trash. No, it, it typically means kids. Yes, you can read it to your kids. But this one, like I said, I'll, I'll tell you why I think it's maybe really all ages. Okay, first up, the book is called Project Arca Into the Dark Unknown. Writer is Romaine Benesava. And we'll go with the artist as being Joanne Ergel. All right, that sounds good. That works. 102 pages. 120 pages. It's hardcover. 
Um, it's a hardcover book for 25 bucks, but you'll get a nice little discount. It's under science fiction and horror. And in the big red bubble, it says for fans of Frank Herbert's Dune and Ridley Scott's Alien. How do you make Dune and Alien all ages? That makes no sense to me. I'm like, is this mispublished? Possibly. And it says in a green bubble, the first installment in Project Arca series. So I'm like, cool, it's a whole series. Let me read what this book is about. In the not too distant future, the planet Earth has been destroyed. It's orbit withering and its citizens desperate to escape to the stars. I love post-apocalyptic books, so right up my alley. Okay, the solution, the Arca, a massive vessel bound for the distant promised land of Leonis. So it says, when the passengers of Arca 3 awaken from their long intergalactic journey, they realize they're not in Leonis. Not only that, their journey has taken much longer than they planned, 200 years, and has landed them in a starless, seemingly endless place. Eric Rives, or Rives, I don't know how you pronounce that, the ship's second-in-command, and his partner, Jia Tang, Jia Tang, are sent on an exploratory mission to investigate the dark labyrinth that surrounds them. But what they find is beyond belief. So, sounds cool. You look at the interior art, there's four pages of interior art with some dialogue and stuff, and it looks really cool. They have this whole arc built with, like, plants and trees inside of the, the ship. And I think this could be awesome. I don't know, but the one other thing, it says in the big yellow, there's a big yellow box on here. It's saying featuring a lushly painted watercolor art by Joanne Ergel. So it's watercolor art and it looks very good. So there, there's definitely top-notch art. So I'm picking this up and I'm on book for the, or I'm on board for the later books that are going to be coming from this series. Check it out. If it seems like it's something you would like, this might be something you should give it a try. On to my next pick. This is Nick with a pick from the main previews catalog. In the IDW section, which props to IDW for finally catching up in their business dealings here, we've got a full suite of solicitations with preview art and cover art and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, here at page 350, I'm looking at Godzilla, Here There Be Dragons, number one, with a nice cover here showing Godzilla taking down a a sailing ship from kind of in the Renaissance era or something like that. It says, writer Frank Thierry and artist Inaki Miranda. So a good pedigree here for the uh, creative team. In the 1500s, before humanity had successfully traveled the entire globe, it was believed that monsters ruled the oceans just beyond the horizon. Here there be dragons was written on maps to denote the areas people dared not go. That is, until Sir Francis Drake circumnavigated the seas, visiting foreign lands and collecting treasure. That's what history tells us, at least. But history does not have the full tale. Munsters did lurk yonder, living on an island that still doesn't appear on any map, and among them was the king of them all, Godzilla. Now, I'm hoping that this is an ongoing series that takes place all in this past time frame to see a, you know, a historical event with uh, Godzilla running around. And this is 32 pages, $3.99, so I'm on board for this as long as it will go. Hey, this is James here with another pick, and this time I'm on page 352. And the IDW section, a a section where I rarely call out books, but there's a book that I wanted to call out on page 352 
that I'm hoping maybe John will do a clip too, or he could just message me on the Slack if he doesn't want to do a clip on this for something that he might like, but maybe I should dip into. I don't know if I should. It is Star Trek Library Collection, Volume 1, Trade Paperback. Writer, Johnson, comma, Mike. Is it Johnson, comma, Mike, or Mike Johnson? And they put his last name first. I don't know. It says Johnson, comma, Mike, and various. <laughs> and then David Messina. So I don't know. <laughs> but it says, delve into the history of over 400 issues of IDW Star Trek comics. The Star Trek Library Collection is a com- comprehensive line of books that will collect every comic series published by IDW, starting with the Kelvin timeline and the prequel that led into the 2009 Star Trek movie, Countdown. Details the origin of the mysterious Nero, the Romulan that ultimately threatened the survival of the entire universe, then and Nero find out what he did in those cold, dark, lonely years spent waiting for his nemesis to arrive. In the Spock Reflections, the follow-up, to Countdown, discover what could drive a man to abandon all he knows and go live with his Federation sworn enemy, his real motivations, and what brought him to this place in his life. It's a soft cover. It's 300 pages for 30 bucks, but you're going to get 35% off with Eric over at Deep Discount Comics. So 20 bucks and you get 300 pages. And it looks like IDW is collecting all 400 issues of Star Trek and these library collections. And so this may be a place where maybe someone like me should jump on or people who maybe are Star Trek fans who never picked up the Star Trek comics should jump on. John maybe can give me some more insight into this because he he's definitely the Star Trek guy. He picks up all the comics and this sounds like something right up his alley. And it makes me think of, I'm not saying it's the same thing as, but it makes me think of like the Epic collections over at Marvel. But it might be a nice place where you pick this up and before you know it, you have 30 of these books or 20 of these books and you have all the Star Trek stuff and hopefully they get it out before the Star Trek license is relinquished one day and goes to who knows who probably DC I would think but anyways this might be something that where people can start picking up all these IDW Star Trek comics and collections on to my next pick My next pick is also on page 352, and because, well, since James suggested I say something about it, it's also the Star Trek Library Collection Volume 1 Trade Paperback. Now, I'm going to be upfront. I'm not planning on getting this. Now, the reason I'm not planning on getting this is I've got that Star Trek Countdown miniseries. I've got that Star Trek Spock Reflections miniseries. Matter of fact, I probably have, I think, all 400 of the comics they're planning on reprinting here. Not positive, but I'm pretty sure. I think IDW has been a very good steward of the Star Trek property in comic book format. They've been telling great stories on it for years, both from the Kelvin timeline, the main timeline, for just about every branch of the franchise, including introducing a few here and there. I'm not sure if they've done one on, say, the New Frontiers or some of the more esoteric branches of the franchise that seem to only exist in the novels and such. Like, I'd love to see them do a comic on the Starfleet Corps of Engineers. That was a series of ebooks and stuff for a while. But everything that IDW has done, I think, has been a lot of fun. They do a good job with the likenesses. It looks like the characters. And generally speaking, it still looks like really good comic book art. There are some cases where artists are clearly referencing photos and it feels kind of still and lifeless or something. It's usually not the case with the IDW Star Trek books. They generally seem to be in canon as much as 
possible, at least at the time. So, for example, these two stories with Countdown and Spock Reflections relate to the 2009 Star Trek movie that originated the Kelvin timeline, and they are in continuity with that movie. That is not to say they're in continuity with things that have produced since, particularly the Star Trek Picard series, which seems to continue the prime timeline after the events that diverged to create the Kelvin timeline. So definitely, you know, the, the comics can't predict what the, the show and movie writers are going to be doing years down the line. So there's always that issue. But that having been said, if you're a Star Trek fan and you haven't checked out the IDW comics, this is definitely, I think, a great opportunity to do that. They're doing some some great work, have been for quite some time, even, I think, a little... I'm trying to think when they first got the license, because I don't know that it started with the Kelvin stuff. I thought they'd been doing stuff before that with like some of the John Byrne comics and stuff like that. Anyways, I don't know the grand plan for what they're going to reprint when, if they're going to be doing it in chronological order or not, but generally speaking, I've really been enjoying the Star Trek comics I've been getting from IDW. So once again, that's the Star Trek Library Collection Volume 1 Trade Paperback on page 352 of the Diamond Previews. Hey, this is James back with another pick in the back half of the previous catalog. And I don't know, maybe I'm just wasting time. There's a lot of weird stuff in here (laughs) that I started recording clips on. So anyways, I'm going to point out this one that's on on page 373. It's in the magnetic section. And the reason why it sounds like a mishmash of things I like, even though I'm looking at the art, the art is not the best. So I'm hoping that I'm hoping it works out well. Okay. It's written by Kevin Stevens, illustrated by Jeff, J-E-F, no, no last name, Jeff. And it says it's called Convoy. It is a gonzo collision of Mad Max and Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. All right, that sounds cool, but can they execute? We shall see. And it says rated R restricted on it, which is funny because, you know, it says it contains gun violence, drinking, foul language, nudity, all the stuff that I love, but um, R rated, I guess that's one way. I see the M for mature too. That's the standard comic way. But it says it's 2074 and the earth is an abused ruin, a landscape of desolation, thanks to mankind's inability to live in moderation. That sounds like exactly like what's going on. Pockets of makeshift civilization are spread out like islands in the sea of wasted misery, a distance that only the craziest and most desperate madmen dare to traverse. Alex and Fonzie are two such individuals, and they are about to take the contract of their lives, leading a convoy of misfits and mercenaries on a mission to deliver a cargo of precious medicine across the desolate plain. They'll face lawless hordes and competing agents, and their fleet will winnow before they reach the destination. But none of those opponents will be prepared for what Alex and her wily, or for Alex and her wily ways. So looks like it could be cool. I don't know. We'll see. The other one that I almost did a clip on was literally something really weird. When you flip the page on 374, there's Mercury Comics. There's this omnibus on Atomica, and it just looks kind of cool. God is red, you know, like these Russian super soldiers like characters. But anyways, I'm definitely getting this magnetic book convoy and on to my next pick. This is Nick with a pick from the main previews catalog, page 388 in the PS art book section. 
Now, again, if you're familiar with what they do, they do a lot of reprinting public domain material. They don't really do a lot of, of cleanup of the art or anything, but they usually find pretty good scans of these old comics to include and maybe kind of smooth out some of the coloring a little bit to make it easy on the eyes. But you generally get a pretty good experience for reading some of these old comics. In this case, I'm highlighting Pre-Code Classics, Ghost Rider, Volume 1, a hardcover. Now you might be thinking, Ghost Rider, isn't that Marvel comic hero? It is, except in his early days, he was first done by, let's see, what's the publisher that's described here? Magazine Enterprises. And before that, I mean, um, after that, a similar hero was done by Marvel back in their Atlas comic days. So this is sort of like that early Marvel ghost rider, the cowboy riding on a white horse, you know, getting vengeance in the night kind of a thing. And I really was surprised to see this because I wasn't even familiar with an even earlier version done by Magazine Enterprise. But here it is, issues one through five. I believe that's all that was ever published. And it says here, no, I'm sorry, there actually should be two volumes of this if they were to collect everything. It says, created by Dick Ayers and Ray Crank, Rex Fury was originally known as the Calico Kid, who together with his white horse Spectre became the Ghost Rider, wearing a white outfit covered with phosphorus and using a cape that had phosphorescent on one side and black on the other, he could cover parts of his body to give the illusion that he was merely a floating head or pair of hands. To further the illusion, he wielded a black lariat and black bullwhip. Even Spectre glowed in the dark. The Ghost Rider battled many foes who, like him, were not truly supernatural at all, such as an imposter of Frankenstein's Munster and the Harpy, werewolves, and vampires. Collects Magazine Enterprises Ghost Rider issues number one through five from August 1950 through 1951. Now, this is a hardcover. They do a $52.99 version for 184 pages, standard trim size for hardcover, or a slipcase edition. That's, again, the same thing, but in a slipcase, if you want that on your shelf, for $62.99. And if this is a bit much for this type of material, to be honest, you can go find it online on Comic Book Plus, or you can wait, hopefully, for the softy soft cover version that they may release somewhere in the next couple of months, as they usually do after their hardcover sales are completed. This is Jason with my next pick on Previews Catalog, page 393. It is We Are Scarlet Twilight, number two. It says the thrilling cyberpunk adventure continues. Follow the events of issue one. Captain Lanzett wakes from a 100-plus year coma, only to find himself in a dark art Deco, Futuropolis, dominated by his greatest enemy. We'll learn how he survived through the decades with the help of the valiant Maxi Militia, and then watch our hero swing into action to restore freedom and justice to a world long dominated by the evil Scarlet Twilight cult and their leader, the sinister Madame Satanicum. Like I said last month, this is a four-issue miniseries with the hopes that he, I believe he is kind of expanding this universe. So I look forward to the first issue, of course, and I just wanted to highlight the second issue, uh, it's much smaller a place in the previews than the, the previous issue. I think the, fir- the previous issue, number one, had a spotlight on it, whereas this one is, I almost actually skipped it, just kind of glancing through the book. So, But I, I did uh, finally catch it. So I recommend that if anybody likes the uh, cyberpunk, but also the kind of pulpy type adventures.
This is Nick with a pick from the main previews catalog in the back section, page 413. This is in the Two Morrows section. I'm looking at back issue number 146. This is one of their magazines dedicated to comics, art, and stories past. And in this case, I believe back issue is usually the one that focuses on the Bronze Age. And here's why I'm picking this one to highlight this month. The main topic and cover feature here is Daredevil. So if you were a fan of Daredevil during that time period, there'll probably be some behind the scenes and maybe process art and stuff like that. But always just kind of an interesting magazine approach for about $10. Listed price here is 84 pages, $10.95. And you get an approach, you know, again, features some good basic journalistic material about the creators or something that was going on with the comic during a certain a range of time. And here's what the solicitation says. Men Without Fear issue, featuring Daredevil's Swinging 70s Adventures, plus Challengers of the Unknown in the Bronze Age, Jeff Loeb interview about his Charles and Daredevil Project, Challengers and Daredevil Projects with Tim Sale, Sinestro and Mr. Fear Villain Histories, Superheroes with Disabilities, and we ask the question about the man behind Green Lantern's mask, who is Hal Jordan? Featuring Jerry Conway, Steve Englehart, Roger McKenzie, Bob Brazakis, Joe Stanton, or Staten, Roy Thomas, Marv Wolfman, and more fabulous fearless creators, with a rare early 70s Daredevil specialty cover by Gene Colan. So, if this is the kind of thing that interests you, check out back issue number 146 this month. Hey, this is James back with my final pick in the previous catalog. And I'm back in the manga section, or manga, manga section. We'll, we'll go either way. Okay, um, I'm going to just mention one, but then I'm going to do a recording on the other. On page 460, there's volume 6 of Alice in Borderland. If you've not tried manga, pick up the first five volumes, read this. It is excellent, and then watch the series on Netflix. It is not a cartoon. It's live action. It is awesome. Okay, on page 461, this is a manga that I know very little about. But I'm calling it out, and I know John's doing the editing. Let me know, John, if you want me to pick these up, if you something you're interested in. It's manga that I thought something, something like uh, someone like John might like, or maybe some Marvel readers out there might enjoy this if they've never dabbled in it. I know nothing about this. It is from Viz, but these are Marvel manga on page 461. It's there's a new Spider-Man in town. One's called Spider-Man Fake Red, and he's got to learn about being a hero. So the story and art are by Yusuke Osawa. So these are Japanese manga creators, and they, he created a Spider-Man story. Everything changes for you when he finds one of the Spider-Man's costumes abandoned in an alleyway. At first, it's fun to put the costume on and play hero, but when the powerful enemies start to appear, you quickly realizes he's out of his element. Still, with Spider-Man nowhere to be found, the city needs someone to save it, so it's a guy picking up the mantle of Spider-Man. Cool. That's a Spider-Man book told by Japanese in the Japanese style with Japanese art. I'm looking at the interior art. It looks good. The ne- okay, now, the, the Spider-Man one, just so you know, is black and white. It's traditional manga. It's 328 pages for $14.99, 15 bucks, but you're probably going to get it 40% off from Deep Discount Comics. So for less than 10 bucks, like I'm guessing like $8, you can get 328 pages of material. That's probably why a lot of people are picking up manga. The next one, right below it, same page, Wolverine stands as the lone hope. 
of the few remaining humans in a desolate wasteland. It's called Snicked, the noise that his claws make when they come out. Story and art by uh, Sutomo Mihi. Okay, I hope I'm not butchering these names. I'm sure I am. There's interior art. It is in color. This one's in color. Color manga. It looks really beautiful. It looks gorgeous. It says, in 2003, fresh off the success of the hit series Blame, star manga creator Tostomo Nihi connected with Marvel Comics, writing and drawing the limited series Wolverine Snicked. Bringing his signature style to bear on the iconic X-Men, Nihi took Wolverine to a darker, more terrifying dimension presented here in a deluxe edition. It, this one is because it's color and the dimensions are a little bit different. Yeah, it's a little bit bigger manga. This is like more like a comic size. I'm just reading the size charts below. It is 136 pages. This one is $19.99, but still, you're going to get 40% off. So you're going to pay 12 bucks roughly for 136 pages of color manga. And the interior on this is just gorgeous. This may be something that I'm guessing, I know John's cutting back, but maybe he'd be interested in picking this up. If you, you want to dip into manga, this is more up your alley. I don't know. If you're going to pick it up, John, I'm going to pick it up. So maybe we can review it together. If not, I don't know. I might pick it up still, regardless. Since this is my last clip, I wanted to say thank you to everyone who did send in a clip. I I do appreciate every individual who does send in their clips and takes the time just to do one recording or two. Because I see people on on the forums that put in a couple recordings and that's it. And there's a lot, a lot of people on our Slack channel and there's thousands of listeners and to think that there's so few people that just can click record and something that they like, you know, it's a little bit uh, sad at times because I know there's a lot of different opinions and a lot of different tastes. And maybe if somebody told me about this creator and why I should read them and why they're so good, maybe that would add on 10, 15, 20 more people to read that creator's works. But a lot of us just kind of sit back and don't do anything and leave it up to someone else to do it. So hopefully you guys can send in one clip. My Slack buddies, please send in one clip. People who are out there in the general abyss listening to this, please send in one clip. You can email it to the guys at comicbookpage.com. You can message me on the Slack channel. You can go to John's website, comicbookpage.com, with instructions on how to do it. It's so easy. You can record with your iPhone and then send it via email. John tries to make it really easy. And John, thank you for hosting this and thank you for doing all the editing behind the scenes to make us sound better than we really do. And until next month, I'll see you guys on the Slack channel. Take care. Bye. This is Nick with a pick from the previews catalog, page 478. This is back in the manga section. I'm really not sure exactly what to make of this because it does look like it's comic formatted as far as the size and everything. But this is being highlighted from Tokyo Pop. It's The Ghost of Kiev, issue number one by Matsuda Juko. And here's what the solicitation says on that one. Well-known Japanese manga author Matsuda Juko was inspired by the events of February 2022 when the skies over Kiev were heroically defended by Ukrainian pilots of the Tactical Aviation Brigade, giving rise to the urban legend of the Ghost of Kiev a MiG-29 pilot who won six air victories in the sky over the capital. This should be out in June, and it's listed as 24 pages, black and white, $3.99. So I don't know if this was collected from any other, you know, anthology or or what exactly the basis of this is, 
But it's kind of cool to see a modern war story, especially something that's still very relevant today, being done in a manga style. So check it out, or if you want to wait, I'm sure there will probably be some additional issues that might be collected later in a, a more traditional, you know, Tonkabon style or something like that. But anyway, or if anybody else knows anything about this, feel free to drop something in the Slack chat. I hope everybody found something of interest in the pre-order catalogs this month. I want to thank the people who sent in clips. So thank you, Jason, James, Brawlinator, Billy, and Nicholas. Now, we only had five people send in clips. I know there are a lot more people on Slack. I'm positive there's a lot more people listening to the podcast. I don't expect everybody to send in a clip every month and stuff, but I would like more engagement on this to get different opinions, different insights on the comics and such. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you enjoy comic books. Maybe you're getting new comics, maybe you're not. Maybe you're mainly into the back issues and stuff. But even so, trades come out, other collections come out, and you can at least tell us what you're enjoying and what we should be checking out as often as you can. Because I'll be honest, there are some times where it's a little hard for me to figure out, like in the back half of previews, what should I be getting? And if somebody gives a good pitch on something and it's something that hadn't otherwise hit my radar, I'm more likely to check it out than if I'd never heard of it because nobody mentioned it as a, a clip. So I do this as a way to kind of crowdsource with you guys what comics are out there and what people should be checking out. Because I've got my tastes and that's a a definite subset of what's out there, and that's true for everybody. But the thing is, everyone's different subsets, if we add them all together over time, gets a much fuller picture of what's out there. So recording a clip on your cell phone is very easy. Sending it in is as simple as sharing it with an email link or into the Dropbox link. And even if you just do it once a year and stuff, if a lot more listeners did that, we'd have a lot fuller episodes, a lot more comics represented, and it'd give you guys a lot more idea of what's out there to be reading that you may be missing and that you might enjoy. Now, the deadline for the preview spotlight is the second Saturday of the month. You can always check out the main page of the comic book page website for the latest information on that next deadline. And you can sign up for email reminders. I send two reminders out on the Tuesdays or Wednesday, half a week and a week and a half before. So I'm not trying to spam you, but just trying to give you here's all the information you need. And if you can follow the file naming, format. It's a huge help. It takes a little bit of time to kind of go organize these files, make sure I've got them all, get them in the right order, attribute them to the right item and previews and such to where if people like it, they can check the show notes and say, oh, that's what I should go get. So help on that would be appreciated and stuff. But don't let that slow you down from sending in clips. If you need some help on that or can't figure out the, the naming convention, either contact me or just send in the clip with a clear indication of what it's for and I can figure it out. It just takes me a little more time to do that. Now, the deadline for the next preview spotlight, number 186, for the May solicitations is going to be 9 a.m. Central Time, May 13th, 2023. If you need a little bit more time, let me know. I'm usually not, you know, finishing or editing the episode and finishing it that instant at 9 a.m. takes a while to do it. So if you need a couple hours or even another day and stuff, just let me know and work with me and we can make it happen probably. So with that, we'll call it an episode. The show notes and form for this podcast can be found at www.comicbookpage.com under the podcast and forum sections of the website. Please email us at theguys at comicbookpage.com and let us know what you think of what was discussed in this episode. Thanks for listening.